Get Puck. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Get Puck podcast. Vito and Matt here. No Dave, unfortunately. But we, uh, we've we been gone for so long that we said the show must go on. Dave, uh, Dave gave us his blessing, so here we are. Vito, how you doing? I'm doing good. Back to the, back on the road, back on the show, all of this. Let's have fun. Back, back on the road. I had to go up the <laughs> stairs down in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. all right, all right, all right. So, uh, so it's just you and me. So, so I guess we're gonna just be shooting the shit about some stuff. So, a couple things, I guess. Um, obviously, we're not gonna do this whole big recap. I mean, clearly, people who are listening have been following the has. You, you know that it's it's been rough. It's been quite quite a few losses piling up. So. Everybody out there who's Team Pro Tank is cheering and happy. Uh, and then occasionally when they string together a win, I don't think they've done back-to-back wins yet in, in some time, but when they get a win, you hear a lot of clamoring. You get people that are happy about it. The majority seem to not be so. Regardless, uh, we're keeping an eye on it, and they're in the bottom, I think, six or seven teams, right? I think that's they where are, they're at, 27 so, or something. Yeah, they are uh, 27th, exactly. Yeah, and we were talking about tied for twenty sixth, but whatever. Exactly, but but you and I were talking about this the other day, right? So what was fascinating was from twenty seventh all the way to twentieth, it's like a five point swing. So it's still very very close. You know what I mean? Like, could they go on a run and start putting together some wins, and could some other teams start putting together some losses and suddenly from not with these injuries? Well, that's that changed everything, right? So we had everything kind of lined up what we were going to talk about today, but lo and behold, laughter last game against New York, um, the team went through a meat grinder. Uh, out is Slavkowski. Out is um, uh, Drouin, who we we just found out at the recording time uh, tonight. Uh, he's out. He seemed to have been injured. Uh, Yola Armia uh, is out. Evans is hit. out. Yeah. So so they lost a lot of dudes. Um, uh, Jake Ma- Matheson is back. Matheson is back. Uh, Matheson, Matheson's back. So Matheson's back. But like I was saying the other day, right, I don't see how any one guy comes back in the lineup and suddenly everything goes back to the way it was in the beginning of the season. So the team, the team is not going to put together a string of wins is my point. Jake Jake Allen seems to be hurt. We have no real timeline I, that I can necessarily remember about him. And and Samuel Montembeau has been playing now for four straight games, five straight games. It's, it's his fifth game tonight. And as fate would have it, he's been actually doing quite good. You got you got to give him his dues. He's been doing quite good. I like to rip on Monty as much as the next person. I mean, do I see him as the future goaltender of this team? No, I do not. Um, but he has been playing really well. Um, so, you know, I just, I guess ultimately, you know, like, are you concerned at all that, that something could happen here and that magically they're going to start putting together some wins and they're going to be that weird, like, you know, 20, 21, or they're sitting 27 and under okay. basically. And there's that, if that would happen, that would be a disaster for Montreal. This no year. doubt. No doubt. At least from a draft perspective. Now, someone would say, how is it a disaster? The cupboard is full. You're right. The cupboard is full. But this is a deep draft. That if there's any draft that you want Montreal to come out with a good piece, it's this one. Right? You know they're not a contender. You know they're not even going to contend for a playoff spot. So finishing at the middle of the pack just to fall short or just to you know, string together a couple of wins and build the player's confidence or whatever the case may be is – is not a good thing for the Montreal Canadiens in the long run. So, yeah, to me, in my opinion, while it might be a bit dramatic, it'd be a disaster if Montreal 
finishes somewhere like just a few spots behind the playoff spot because they, you know, they strung together a couple of wins. Yeah, but I'm talking more like probability, right? Like I think anybody who's anybody would admit that that would be a terrible place for them to finish. But like, there's people. What basically I bring it up because whenever they get a win. Everybody who's team pro tank is losing their mind on social media. They lose their mind. This is the worst thing that could have happened. They can't win. I mean, well, clearly, I'm gonna guys, take it even they're not going to lose every game. I'll take it further. Right now, those people who are pro tank are not even talking about Montreal's pick so much. It's the Florida pick. Florida's stringing yeah. together some wins, and they're like, and oh, they're, that's it. That's, you know, that's we're not, we don't have two yeah. picks in the top 10 anymore. Florida's going to make the playoffs. Listen, Florida's yeah. on a run right now, but, you know, Things can change. Schedules are getting a little harder. Uh, yeah. They, they, yeah. Just the fact that they, go, they won a couple, they could lose a couple. Do I think the Florida Panthers are a bottom 10 team? Uh, no, they're not. I don't think no, so. No, they were they were playing well they, under their skill set. Well, they had injuries time. too, right? Barkov was yeah. hurt for a while, came back, got hurt again. Ekblad got hurt. They just had those injuries. And there was consistency issues with Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight. Spencer Knight at a point was like, okay, everyone's saying he's the number – He's going to be the number one goalie, and Bobrovsky's basically a nine, $9 $10 million goalie just sitting on the bench now. And now it's Bobrovsky because Spencer Knight got hurt. Yeah. You know, so uh, the Florida Panthers, uh, that pick, guys, uh, gets into the top 15, be happy. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, so for a long time there, that was another thing we wanted to talk about over the Christmas break and stuff. And we were kind of just musing about what, you know, little fun trade scenarios and stuff. And, I'll ask it anyways, just out of curiosity's sake. Say, say Florida's luck starts to run sour again and, and they start to drop back into like some decent lottery odds. Let's say Montreal lands the second overall pick and the third overall pick. They get two and three. It'd be like, like that would be like winning the lottery anyways. But let's just say now a team is out there. And they obviously get, you know, another team gets the first overall and pretty much. So, I mean, they'll, Mr. They'll be, yeah, there'll That's be it. no surprise. It'll be Bedard who goes first overall. I, I can't see how anybody else would do it. So essentially the question is this. If you were this team, if you were Kent Hughes, if you were Jeff Gordon and you had two and three, would you trade two and three to get one? Ooh. Mm. I oh okay so <laughs> it's crazy to think I, I think some people would crucify me for this because two and three it's big you know you're talking about some key players that to get top, they basically make up a line players. and arguably arguably whoever goes two three maybe even four this year a lot of people are making the argument that if any of those one two three or four of this year were in last year's draft they would have gone first. Well, yeah, I could see that. Um, That's, I mean, it's it's big, man. That's big. You know what? I, I'm i normally the person that would say, no, I wouldn't do that trade. But given what I saw and what I have been seeing from Connor Bedard, I, I make that trade for the much off and say. You make that trade? I make that trade. I just don't think they do it. But I, I would make you that trade. You know what? Right then and there, That's... there's so much to be excited about. You can literally look and say, you got somebody who comes into your team, and well, by all accounts, yeah. he's your he's a generational talent for what they're saying, right? It, it, so it, it looks that way. At your first one, yeah, probably carry price. But I mean, before that, there would be 
Yeah, and it's hard That's to put hard. goaltenders in the same in the same category. I know it's you know not fair, but typically you don't you don't talk about the goaltender being the generational guy. But you're right about Price. But I think what you said is actually the best the best answer you could have said. It's like, would you do it? Yeah, you probably do it. But would they do it? Having two and three? No, they probably I, wouldn't do it. You know, some people are gonna say it's crazy. Two and three, they're gonna make that. They're gonna do it without thinking. And and maybe maybe they would. Oh, I it don't think they do it without me. thinking. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. They would, they would think about it, and it wouldn't surprise me either that whatever team, let's say it's Columbus or, or Chicago, if they know Montreal's willing to offer two and three, they'd they'd look at Montreal say two, three, and something else. Just because I know yeah. you wanted that. If you're willing to sacrifice two and three, <laughs> then you're willing to push the envelope just a little the more. Angel, the age of oh, you're willing to pay me a hundred dollars for it. Well, then I think you're willing to pay me hundred fifty dollars for it, aren't you? Well, basically, so yeah. it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if it would be like two, three, and something else. And now, now you're talking and you say, okay, that that's starting to get rich. But- I, I mean, I would imagine at two and three again, with knowing who the players and the stocky caliber of these draft picks are going to be, I imagine whatever that extra thing is won't be that big of a deal. It won't really make people be like, oh man, that was such an overpay. That being said, I'm going to turn I it mean, around on you. Let me turn it around on you. What if they don't win two and three and it's two and like 10 and they say, okay, two, 10 and Caulfield, are you going to do it? No, I'll tell you why. No, I'll tell you why. No, no, because again, getting a guy at two is basically like getting a first overall pick in, in another draft. So you're getting a top, top prospect maybe not generational like bedard but top at 10 you're also getting a probably oh well you never guaranteed but like a very very high probability player that will ultimately get into the nhl again super deep draft so you're playing the probabilities and trading caulfield Again, it's not so much like being a fan of the kid and really liking him on the team and what he brings. It's the sheer matter of if you trade him out, you now have another hole that you have to replace. You 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 can't just keep giving things away and like changing problem for problem. You know what I mean? Like Caulfield well, might be this team's first 40 plus goal scorer in in you know decades. So why would I do that? I'd rather go and take the second Connor, overall pick. Connor Bedard, you would be getting a more well-rounded package, especially offensively, and you're getting somebody who can shoot, at, who has a, a shot that's almost, that's probably in the same level of Caulfield. Well, I'll tell you this much, all right? Maybe this is a little sacrilege to say, but I'll tell you this much. Cole Caulfield, the 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 little guy that he is, and everybody had the question marks, has proven that he can play at this level and proven that he can oh, score no. at this level. I'm not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that Connor Bedard doesn't come into the league and become the next McDavid. It's more likely than not. But at the same time, he is still unproven in the NHL. He's never laced up and played a game in the NHL. So at the end of the day, you really don't know. And that's what it's all coming down to when it comes to prospects. I can't give away something that I know is a superstar player plus a second overall pick in a massively deep draft Plus another high pick, you said a tenth. I mean, that is an insanely big package to give. Now, come, that's wh- that's why I brought it up because two and can't three do and it. is too rich. It's way no, way two, too rich. Well, no, no, but two three Caulfield. I never do. I never do. Tell you me, know what I'm saying? tell me, it's like say say things go real south. Tell me, it's I don't know. It's eleven 
and 17. They're not going to do that. Well, exactly. <laughs> but, like, say the picks are, are, are that much lower and they won't call a field. I still probably don't do it, but now I'm thinking to myself, okay, okay. So 11, 17, eh, I have another pick in the first. Maybe I move some players, I get another one. Caulfield leaving is going to hurt so bad, but you bring in Bedard. I actually entertain that one a little bit more for sure. But again, I I can't, I can't, first off, I I, I think bottom line, Kent Hughes and Gorton, if, if you mention Caulfield's name, they're saying no. It, regardless of what the trade is, I think it's a no. Personally, unless if... <laughs> Well, and it wouldn't happen, but unless first overall for, for, for him straight up, but that would never happen. So anything with Caulfield in it is a no. That's a no. Any team um, who would make that trade would yeah. be stupid. Yeah, they'd be dumb. So so I, I don't think that that's the play. I can't see his name being out there and, and being moved. Um, again, I don't really think that there's you're not gonna you're not gonna see any main piece of this team move packaged with picks to move up in the draft. It'll be another prospect that we have, one of our better ones, perhaps, with our two, um, you know, okay. top picks. I, I will say this. Montreal doesn't line Bedard. There's no way that any team will be able to acquire that pick. No, no way. I, I don't think so either. There's no way. Montreal wouldn't be able to do it. doesn't matter how many assets they throw at it. And um, the... <sighs> I, I just they won't do it. Everybody, even you have general managers like Jim Rutherford and and everybody else that are all talking about. Who, everybody wants that first. Yeah, for everybody sure. Everybody will want that first. Okay, this he, is this is what Connor Bedard has shown. He's shown that he can. He's got that talent. He's got that skill that's just on another level. Now, does it translate to the NHL? Remains to be seen. I think it will. Yeah, it but, likely will. It likely. likely will, but there's yeah. always that little bit of a question mark. There's always that little bit of, okay, will it translate to the NHL? I think it will. His frame is is very similar. Like, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's got a very similar frame to, like, a Jack Hughes in terms of uh, stature, size, yeah, he's, height. He's not, a, he's not a five foot six dude who's doing, like, an insane thing. Like, he's a regular size guy. He's not a Slavkovsky size, no, 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 no. but he's no. a regular NHL. Like, yeah. Like I don't think that's going to be. I mean, he's probably even on a little bit on the on the smaller side, but he's not very small. I just think the only way that that number one pick moves, the only well, only way there's there's a handful of scenarios that I can see happening. Say a team who just missed the playoffs, they have a good team. They don't necessarily need a Bedard, but they you know maybe one or two little pieces. They somehow get like they strike lightning, right? And, and boom, they land the first overall. And suddenly Montreal is sitting there and they have, I don't know, whatever, four and nine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It likely, even a, it even likely good, won't matter, but you can at least have the Matt, conversation. No, you're not going to have that conversation. Because even a very good team that just missed the playoffs and somehow managed to, you know, they struck gold and they won that lottery pick. They're that much better with some. Uh, like I, I don't. I don't disagree. They might. They disagree. might. They might move another asset that they have just to say, okay, Connor Bedard's spot is, is reserved on the on this lineup. I mean, so so realistically speaking, the only scenario where it can play well, I can't, it's funny. We're trying to find ways, but any team who gets yeah. Bedard is going to want Bedard. But let's just say it is a whole. It goes look, to a team that is in one hundred percent rebuild. It goes to Chicago. Teams, 
look at what teams some teams have done just to try to better their odds or better their chances to lose as many freaking games as possible to get to the bottom. Chicago is the number one example. They sold everything and they're on the verge of selling the last two pieces. Yes. Okay. Now, Columbus, now, Columbus yeah, basically did the opposite. They went to get players in yeah, Johnny Goodrow. For, for whatever but, reason, it's just they not never, working they have, Well, they yeah. haven't addressed the biggest issue they have. Boone Jenner can't be their number one center. They're they're scratching and benching uh, Jack Roslovich. Like, so, I mean, like, what are they doing there? Wierenski got, unfortunately, got hurt real bad and it was practically a season-ending injury. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, what the heck are you guys doing? I'm and then you look saying... at the other team behind that, San Jose. Look what San Jose did. Your GM came in and it's like, all right, start getting rid of everybody. Start with Brent Burns. They got to figure out what they're going to do with Logan Couture. They're, you know, there's rumors that they might retain salary to move Eric Carlson, who, by the way, is leading the league for defensemen in points. And not like, what a great so. time. You know? But yeah. at the end of the day, his contract is $11 million. So that's where yeah. the challenge is. The, yeah. and, and then you start looking, and looking down that, the rest of the teams. And it's like, okay, every team has a glaring issue. Every team did certain things to try to position themselves for this draft. Whether they admit it or not is a different story, but they did it. We're not, people are not blind. Well, you but... got you got Vancouver also. That's just uh, I think a point or two ahead of Montreal right now. And you just had yeah, uh, Rutherford come out and say they're done. Basically, he's going to offload this team. He's looking for trades. He's he's, he's going well, to start basically go for him. He could say that as much as he wants, but he also admitted that it's going to be very tough to move, and maybe even impossible to move some of the yeah, players. Or to yeah, move yeah, yeah. There, there. I only see, I only see Chicago as realistically the team that that really came out and just didn't care what anybody said or thought. They got rid of everybody they have. Likely Kane and Taves are going to be moved at the deadline. They'll have nothing. Ground Dude, they moved, they two even scenarios can occur. They even move some of the when they well, move they, Kirby yeah, Doc, the Kirby Dock and stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. It's there, but... listen, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. I really don't. But if you look at that team and you look at a team and they're saying to themselves, we really, really need to start stockpiling um the prospects. They're the only place that you can say, and again, it won't happen because they're gonna want to start to build their team around the dart, so they'll take him anyways. But if you look at them and start to make an argument to them and say, We got, and again, it will only work if you get two picks in the top five. We got two picks in the top five in an incredibly deep draft. You can load up on two incredibly good prospects at the cost about, of getting the first. We're talking about Vancouver. No, we're talking about Chicago. Okay, Chicago. Sorry, my bad. I'm still focused on Vancouver yeah. because the Jim Rutherford like conference was came out yesterday and everything he said. But I mean, yeah. like I'm just taking a look at their contracts, right? And they Vancouver's got some nice pieces, but they're pieces that. Not many teams can absorb right now. But well, that's my, the biggest problem. Rutherford, it's the cap. Rutherford, yeah, and Rutherford did say or hint out that everybody's pretty much available except for Elias Pettersson. So when you look at it, everybody's available, I think Brock Bezer could move. I think a team would take a chance on Brock Bezer. They'd have to retain salary for sure. But how does a team not take a look at trying to acquire Quinn Hughes if he is available or even Thatcher Demko? Absolutely. There, there's a shortage. There's a shortage of goaltenders in the NHL. There's going to be teams yep. lining up for Thatcher Dunko. Yeah. No you know doubt. I mean? so there, no doubt. I just don't know if these are pieces. I don't think they are, with the exception of Besser. That these are pieces that they're going to be able to move now. The only person that can be moved, and it's our team's going to be willing to pay a king's ransom for it, is is Bohorvat. Yeah. Yeah. But then again. That's Vancouver, and that's their problem. I want to bring it back to the Haz because that's the most important place that we're want to talk about. And we're talking about a team right now 
just again, I don't remember the last time this team was like proper healthy for an extended period of time. It's 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 actually quite comical at this point. Well, I think I think uh, <laughs> I, I wrote a tweet on behalf of uh, the Get Puck account this morning, and I said at this point just give the Laval Rocket players Habs jersey and let them play on both. On both I mean, listen, if you wanna play. if you wanna be glass half full. This season, we all kind of thought would be a throwaway. It is the premium opportunity for this management to get a look at the guys they have in the AHL and see what they can do at the NHL le level. I really like what I've seen from Yelonen so far. I honestly believe this kid is going to make the team out of camp next year. I or think the, the what you've seen now so far... That kind of level of engagement, his shot, the playmaking that he was doing the past few games, I've been actually very impressed with him. And, and you wouldn't have had this opportunity if guys didn't go down. Now, we saw what our defense is. They basically iced an entire line, uh, the, the whole top six of rookies practically. So you're seeing what your rookies are. So you know what you're going to have. You know Gooley has definitely got a spot. I mean, Harris also been playing very, very good. Um, Kovacevic is there. He's a good six or seven guy. Yeah, are going to have an issue on, on defense, especially on the left side. They won't have that. They've got prospects there, whether they're the ones that are playing now, the yeah. rookies that are playing now or in the cupboard, they've got that. That's not the issue. The right side is a bit of an issue. I mean, outside of Kovacevic, Justin Barron, and David Savard, there's not a whole, and Logan Mayu, if you want to go there, uh, on the right side, there's really not that much. Not yet. No, no, for sure not. But I do think it's fascinating because instead of thinking to yourself, you have to find in the free agency in the offseason of next uh, of this upcoming offseason, um, oh, we got to find two, three guys to put on defense. I don't really think that that's the case anymore. I mean, they should really focus on two different places now. Like, really, they got the Goalie up front, your top center. six. What's that? Goalie and number two center. That's right. Uh, that's right. They need to look at the goalie position. I think they need to either draft a goalie, like a high, a high, the one of the better goalies of the draft would be a consideration. Or even better, you have a plethora of defensemen prospects that are out there. You got a bunch of other guys that you you find expendable. You got to start knocking the door of teams like Buffalo for Devin Levy and and um, and uh, yeah, they they got they got to start doing that. And this, this is my reason why you can draft a goalie. There's never anything wrong with drafting players um, that you need or to fill that that specific position or organize, organizational depth. That being said, where Montreal is and the players that they have, you know, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, uh, Slavkovsky is very young, so I won't use him as an example, but Caden uh, Gouli, etc. If you look at their age, they're still very young. They really are. But if you get go with a goalie that you draft, it's going to take a few years before that goalie could come knocking the door and really means something to the roster. Yeah. And at that point, yeah. you know, you can't beat Father Time. At that point, by no means are, are uh, so, so, uh, sorry, Suzuki and Caulfield going to be old, but they're going to be at an age where they're most likely going to want to contend. So if Montreal can, they might have to sacrifice an asset or two or whatever that package may be to go and get a goalie, a prospect goalie that's very good, that people know is full of potential, but is already a bit further along in their development. I think I think I think you're nailing it. I mean, bottom line, I think the smartest play for them is to go and acquire um, a prospect from from another team that, that like a, a like you say, one that's further along is a really good way to put it. 
Um, there's a couple of them out there. They got to go see what the ask is and see what they're prepared to, to part ways with. And then they got a lot of money in the offseason. A lot of contracts are going to come off the books. And you got to make a splash, man. I know like Monahan. I, I wonder, I wonder you know, for example, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but I, like, I wonder what Nashville's going to do. Nashville's got UC Saros, who's, who's a very good goalie. He's doing very great. One of the top. Ever, yep. One of the top right now. But they also got Askarov that's there. And we saw him play against Montreal, and you saw what he's capable of doing. And he might not be uh, ready to, to be a number one, an everyday number one, but you saw what his potential, what he's capable well, of doing. Well, you, you kick, you kick and, the tires, like, but I can't see them parting with him. I don't not, see him parting, but like, like – it's going to be something to really consider and think about down the road, or unless Nashville's going to, you know, write it, write, write it out till for another two, three years, and then who knows? Maybe they'll decide to move Saros. But at that point, that's like they're they're going to do something. I, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what like how they go and play it out. Like what exactly they think they're going to do? Do they try to just go and get a a, a one B or a two A, and they go tandem with Montembeau because we don't think that Primo's ready yet, and they just see what another year buys them. Maybe, maybe. The, Listen, the, last, the last time my team did that was Washington, from what I can remember, and it was when they had the uh, uh, well, check. No, those Samsonov and uh, and uh, I just said his name and Banachek. Look where they are. You know, Samsonov okay is still sharing the load with in Toronto with with Matt Murray, but they let go of Banachek and look what he's doing in New Jersey. That's right. So, so the I mean, one A yeah. one B doesn't typically work. I mean, Vancouver, no, no. Schneider, you know, but those it, it were two guys. Those were two goalies that both thought themselves the number ones. If you if you explain the situation to Montembeau, and he knows that he's going to be, you know, not doing exactly regular backup stuff, but you're bringing in the other guy to be the main guy, or vice versa. You know, the other guy comes in and he does 33% of the load and Monty does the same. I mean, whatever. You just buy yourself some time. And in this scenario, Jake Allen obviously is not here. So he's been traded for obviously something uh, of, of value in return. Oh, but, man. There's there's not a player in on this roster that the pro-tank fans want to move as Jake Allen. That's a player they want to move today. I know. I know. They want him. And it's like, man, he is... He is just a good but guy. But he would be a perfect, perfect piece to move this year for a first to a team that wants a, a, a strong second goaltender. But how many teams are going to be able to? They don't because they signed Allen to an extension, and albeit it's 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 a digestible contract. It's not horrible. It's not, right? it's it's not that much. It's, it's yeah. three. It's, I believe it's three point four for two more years after this one. And it's like, are teams willing to commit to Jake Allen? For an additional two years after this one, as their backup, with the cap knowing that the cap may only go up by a mil. It depends. It depends the situations. I mean, listen, most GMs, most GMs that know they're going to the playoffs, that want and see that their team has the capabilities to maybe make it all the way, they're gonna do what they need to do to give them the best. Yeah, because they they're want gonna address, they're gonna address the other positions, defense. I don't winger, disagree. I don't disagree. Depth, it would a, have to be a backup goalie and sacrificing certain assets to get a goalie that would likely warm up your bench. Like, okay, anything could happen. Your main goalie could get injured and you'd want to have that guy there. I think but that's I mean, the only way he moves because you're right. You don't make a move for a backup goaltender for a playoff push. You don't. If you're if you got a guy, your main guy, and he's down, 
and you're riding your current backup plus your AHL guy who's called up, and they're both, you know, sketch. Then you make a move for Jake Allen. You bring Jake Allen in as your primary. You keep your backup as your backup, and hopefully your main guy comes back while you're deeper in the playoffs. That's the that's the only scenario that that makes sense, and even that is thin. I think you're much, much, much more likely to see um, an Edmondson being moved. Um, you know, maybe a Hoffman. Uh, I can't possibly see Dantanov moving at this point. Dantanov's um, not moving. I don't even see Hoffman being moved because yeah, probably not. I mean, Monahan. Monahan, there's a lot of talk with him no. in, uh, and Colorado, but Monaghan he's going to come teams, back and play games, man. Yeah, but even if he doesn't play games, right? Monahan has proven that by him being out of the roster, look what happened to the Montreal Canadiens when he got out of the roster. They fell, they crumbled pretty bad, and they went on a massive losing streak. Only because they have zero per zero person zero uh, players that can fill the the spot that he filled. But but either way, which, it's which still meant you overloaded Suzuki, and that crippled your first line. Right, but it overloaded Suzuki. But at the same time, he was a leader and a calming presence. Clearly, he he's been through it. He knows what it's like to to be at the pro level through the ups and downs and whatever. So yeah. Monahan's value is still where it needs to be. The question is. At a point, we were questioning, is Monaghan's value even higher than just a simple first or a late first or a mid-first? If mid he first? didn't get yeah. hurt, I would say there's a very good chance it's a first and maybe think, a later pick. I still think Montreal gets a first for, for Monaghan. It's just it won't be it, – it won't – it probably won't be a team that's just trying to make a playoff. They're like just trying to get in. It's going to come from a maybe a Colorado uh, – yeah, but does Colorado cough up their first this year? They don't care. They don't care. They're, those guys are trying to contend. They're covered as full. They got, they got other kids and prospects in their pipeline that could play. They've got stuff. That's not the issue. Maybe Colorado says, okay, we're not going to do the first, but we're going to give you know, we'll offer, we'll offer you a player that we that we know we knew you liked in the past. Who knows? Yeah. But they're they're they need a second line center. No, no doubt, no doubt. There's, there's gonna be, there's gonna be movement. I think it's fair to say there's gonna be movement. I don't know exactly who and when and how, but I think the more bigger question that we have to ask is when. Is it it's, better that they start loading off pieces now, or are their team's just not buying yet? Is that the problem? And if they could have traded, they would have. That's the problem. Yeah. I think Montreal would have started moving certain pieces. I just think that a lot of teams are gonna wait as close as possible to the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. And it's not only about, you know, uh, teams asking for too much for their assets. It's more about trying to accumulate as much cap space as they possibly can. Get as many dollars as they possibly can. Yeah. Because yeah. right now there's, I think, what is it? 17 teams are, are playing an LTIR right now. Yeah. So if you're looking at that, 17 teams, that's, that's, that's extreme. It sucks. It sucks because it is an exciting part of the sport is to see these kind of players move and like go into their new team and stuff. And and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that because of the cap, the way it is, you know, teams that want to make moves, that want to bolster their their lineups, they can't. So it, it you know, Montreal Montreal's up there too. It's not like they can all of a sudden say, "Listen, give us back a bunch of uh, a bunch of um, of of." Um, players and we'll just we'll just absorb them in and, and deal with it then that's next year that's next year if they don't spend up to the cap but this year i think they're they're way up there if not they're passing no i mean they've got they've got currently they've got 5.1 million in cap space again and most of that's due to ltir yeah it's right? the ltir yeah right but i mean that what what's interesting is that across the nhl there is only one team 
that has the max number of contracts on their roster than the San Jose Sharks. They've got 50 out of 50 contracts. Every other team is below 50. There's uh, maybe a handful that are at 49 or 50, but that's that's crazy. It's it's they can't very, afford them. very it's they, very they, they pay too. The players are paid. Oh, I mean, which which is ridiculous to say because they're one of the lowest paid uh, athletes in all the major sports. But the way the cap is, you got players that are just taking up too much money. You, you just can't do anything. You can't you can't do the gymnastics that you need to do. That's why this off season is going to be so much fun for this team. They're going to have so much money available to do things. And that that's a very, very exciting prospect for a team that's in that's in the rebuild phase. You know, they can all of a sudden acquire like th- like just things that you wouldn't imagine is available simply because other teams can't afford it. And it's fun. And it brings me to a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois, for example. I mean, he's been he's been in the news left, right, and center recently, specifically because uh, Winnipeg is playing Montreal actually right now. Um, as we're recording, you know, so does that, this uh, guy, does this guy, is he, is he the guy Jets just who they're going to go make the big splash? Yeah, I know. I saw. Is he, do you see him as the guy that they're going to go make the big splash for? No. Because he's going to command a big dollar. No. A big dollar. I don't think they're going to trade for him because the, uh, given, okay, first off, look at the way he's playing this year. Okay. I think like, he's on, he's, he's on pace. He's on pace for like 92 or 93 points, something along those yep. lines. Yep. Okay, so right now, his value has never been higher. So if you're looking at what, um, if you want to look as an example, look at somebody like Matthew Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk last year said he ain't going to resign with Calgary. So he forced the GM's hand to move him, which we all were very surprised. And I think by everyone is very surprised that Trolliving, giving the hand he was dealt, was still able to acquire the assets that he did in Huberdeau, Uyghur, and so on. Big time. So that in itself was quite shocking. But now I don't, I'm not saying Pierre-Luc Dubois values exactly where Kachuk is. Kachuk did prove to put up 100 points. But Montreal is not going to give up anything close to a similar package or something that would equate to whatever, whatever um, Florida gave up to acquire Kachuk. Montreal's not going to do the same thing that just to acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois when he's a free agent the following year. There's no way. I'd be I'd be surprised. The only way that Winnipeg loses that trade is if Pierre-Luc Dubois comes out at the end of the season and says, I am not resigning with you, no matter what. You can yeah. get one year of RFA from me. Try to work out whatever package you can, but then teams are going to know, I'm not resigning with you. I'm only signing with one team. So that makes the negotiation hard because that means he can only negotiate with that one team. I don't, I don't think he ever came. I mean, he admitted that he wants to play for the Habs. We know that. That was said. He said it. It's it's a fact. He said that, yes, it would be great. He also said that all his family's here, his friends here. He grew up here. He's got a foundation here. All things are pointing to the guy would love to be here. But things could change, right? His dynamic and the situation that he was in last year when he was saying that in Winnipeg was totally different than it is this year. This year he's playing on the top line. He's playing with Kyle Connor and Ehlers. You know, a bonus coming out and saying, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you stay here. And, you know, they're, they're buttering them up. And, the re- and saying well, they're, the I think they're so, first in the West, too. They were terrible last year. And this year, they're actually very, well, very good. So, you know, yeah, winning, unless, winning changes unless, things. Yeah, unless Pierre-Luc Dubois himself says, hey, look, thank you. I appreciate everything. And, you know, it, uh, it put a better taste in my mouth uh, before leaving. But, I, I, my, you know, my dream is still to be a Montreal Canadian. Unless he comes, he outright says it. You can't count Winnipeg out right now. 
I mean, he, he's now past Mark Shifley on that uh, in the middle. And, and in I honestly, I, I mean, deep down, I can't tell you how it's going to happen. But if you were to ask me today, do you think in the next, let's say two years, to be fair, do I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be a Montreal Canadian? I do. At what, at what cost? I don't. I don't know. I that's, don't know how it's going to play out. If next season he stays, but I see it happening to finish off his RFA years. Right? Let's say, assuming yeah. that's what ha- that's what happens, he puts up another ninety point season. Okay. At this point, you're going to have Suzuki at seven point eight seven five. Yep. Caulfield, assuming he hits anywhere between seven and a half and eight million dollars. Okay. Yeah. What's Zubar going to be? Ten. What are you going to pay? What are you going to eventually yeah. pay? Ghoulie if yep. he continues on on this uh, on his on his progression, what are you, you gonna pay? You you, know you I mean? figure it out. You figure it out then. You figure it out then. You have to. If a guy like that is available and he wants to play for your team, and he's a ninety point player, you have to do it. If your one two punch is going to be Suzuki and Zubois, you have to do it. Yeah, you have to. You have I, th- to do I it. think. I think. The decision on that will be made or will be thought out once they see what they draft in this coming draft. Yeah. And what comes yeah. out of that. Because at the same time, Kirby Doc is starting to show a great progression, what he's starting to what you can yeah. see in he's he's not. I mean, let's be fair, right? I, I would love to see Doc become the guy we all want him to be. He can become a Dubois, that would be fantastic, obviously. But right now, he's currently every point he gets right now is that much more of a career best. So he's he's trending up, and on this on this current uh, he's on a current path for I think fifty something points or something. So that's really really good. That's really really good. And he played the majority of his time on the wing. Now he played his majority of the time on the wing on the top line. It's interesting to see what the progression would be. It'd be interesting to see how Kent Hughes and Gordon see the team. Do they see him as two C? Or would they like to get a, a Dubois type guy and put Doc on the wing, and and see that with like continue that going on that top line? My, there? my real my real question when it comes to Dubois is the following. Okay, yes, he's having a great season this year. Okay, he's on pace for ninety plus points this year, but it'll be the first time he does that. Is it just an anomaly? Is it a freak year for a guy who I'm not saying has no talent? He's a very talented player, but I just. Is well, he a, not, been, is he a yeah. ninety point player? Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't know. He'd have to do it again next year. You're absolutely right. Everybody has said this guy's got the talent. He's had the talent since Columbus. But there's always been something. He's been an underachiever. He has been. But now now is he is he flourishing? Is now the time? Well, is he flourishing, or is at the end of the day, is it is it because he's playing with Kyle Connor and now Nick Ehlers? You know, I'm not gonna say Nick Nick Ehlers because Nick Ehlers just got back from injury, but. Playing with Kyle Connor surely helps. Playing with yes, playing with Kyle Connor definitely helps. But again, it it all it all comes down to like how it's going to play out with the dynamic of him with with Winnipeg. The fact that he came out and said it. Now is he saying Montreal so that he can get a better deal next year? Like, there's a lot of interesting things I, there. I'm not. Saying, I don't I'm, not su- I'm not suggesting that I don't want Pierre Lucebois. I do. It just I'm not. I'm still not willing to pay any price to get him, and and I'm I need. I want to state that Habs need to be very cautious on how they manage their cap going forward, even if the cap is projected to go up in a couple of years from now, because they still got some contracts on their book that it, on their books that it's a bit of an anchor. Gallagher's well, contract. I see, yeah, I see. I see a lot of guys. 
well, a lot of guys. I see certain cases for buyouts. I see definitely players that are going to be traded. I definitely see guys that are not being re-signed. They're going to bring up a lot of the kids who are going to be on their entry levels. They're going to have the room. They're going to have the room. And you're right. It'll be difficult in a couple years' time when you got guys that are going to get off their entry levels like a Gouli and stuff. And if they really continue to progress the way they're going to, they're well, going to want And to let's not forget, down. if Slavkovsky does become the person he is, he's going to come out. Uh, he's going to get paid also. Yeah. If he becomes the player that we hope that he can become, he's yes. going to come out with a lot of money. You know, some people said, oh, he's uh, he's like ranting. Let's say that's even true. Let's say it. I'm, I'm, it's really tough to, to ever compare somebody to Fair. Ranton is a rare player. Okay? Ranton ain't cheap. Ranton is no. expensive. His cap but, is huge. But the good news is, the good news is, it's a good problem to have. If you have all of these top guys and they're making good money here, it's because they're good players and they're playing for your team and your team is going to do well. If you got guys coming up the ranks that are also going to be that good, then all of a sudden you have guys that are able to be moved. You can trade a star. And then when you trade a star, you get a lot of good shit back. You get a lot of good players, a prospects, picks, what have you. You must take some money for sure, but you make it work. That's a good problem to have. I would love the other pro well, problem. The other thing that's out there, he's never ever going to sign with the Canadians. But it's a fun guy to talk about. But let me just say it one more time. Don't For those in the back, Don't he's not going to sign here. But David Pasternak. He's that, not signed. Would the, that not be wonderful? News just literally came out that there's been significant progress in their in contract extension negotiations. Until it's signed, it ain't signed. He I'm ain't just saying signing. he's going to be a free agent. What does it no hurt way. to go and call him? David, no how are you? You see what how we're much doing money, in How much You just want to start giving money to everybody. You wanted to make Blank it checks, baby. Blank checks to everybody. Checks, yeah, Why okay. not? Sure. Listen, it's, it's, just, it's just fun talk. He's one of the biggest, if not the biggest name in the UFA pool next season. You got to give him a call. If a contract's not done by the end of the season, you have to. Again, they're winning and winning big. And winning could change everything. Right now, sure all of a sudden, you're hearing that, you know, prog uh, there's progress in the contract negotiations with him. A few months ago, it was like, oh, we don't know. You know, we don't want yeah. to Now it changed. Because they're winning. Linus Ulmer. They're not just winning. They're not just winning. They're the, they're the best team in the league. It's weird. Well, it's Ulmer's crazy. got two losses and nobody's even talking about this. The guy's got two losses all yeah. season. They've only lost, I think, once or twice at home all season so far. That's insane. Two no, losses. the Boston, the Boston Bruins are very, very, very good. No, and of they, course, they brought again, back, they brought back the, the the gang. They brought them back one more time, and these guys they are, went to uh, Europe. They found Krejci. They threw him into a suitcase and brought him back. I mean, they, you're right. They brought back everybody. They really did. But I mean. My point is, and again, I come back again. He's not coming here. I have no no illusions at all that he's coming here. It's just, it's fun. It's fun to think about. Well, but even more to your point, it may it's unfortunate because it's hard to even have the conversation because of the way that the money's going to be. They just simply can't pay everybody, even with all the space they're going to have. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings here, but at the moment, Florida is beating Toronto. So. Listen, the win streak is continuing. It would seem. I mean, it was a nice thing to think about. 
It was a nice thing to think about, but I mean, if everybody who was sitting there was banking on uh, was banking on Florida's pick, I mean, you you had to know Florida was going to start to win. Now that being said, I think they still have to win at like a um, a three out of four pace, like like something like that. It's like a seven hundred. They need a six hundred or seven hundred or something to make the number that typically gets you into the playoffs. They might not make the playoffs, and then listen, crazy things happen. They have a 0.1% chance or something. It happens. Can you believe Dandanov just scored? A little sidebar there. Unbelievable. But anyways, it, it's always possible. I don't know I if they'll mean, make the playoffs. Yeah. Trade him now. His value's up. Out. That's it. He's on fire. Seventh He's on fire. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, crazy, crazier things have happened. I mean, I think most people have to actually live in a real world where, you know, it's more likely than not that the Canadians pick will be somewhere in the top, let's call it six It'll be in the top seven. ten. It'll be in the top ten. Oh, top ten for sure. I just – is it going to be in the top I five? I just don't – I don't know if they're going to make it to the top five. Yeah. I mean, that's more the question. And then the Florida uh, pick is know. more a question. It, it, is it, it, it going to be in the top 15? San Jose would have to go on a pretty significant win streak, and but Montreal would have to be losing at the same time. Well, one of those things is going to happen. Yeah, San Jose is probably going to go on that losing streak because have you seen their roster? Well, no, and I was going to say Montreal, we're, Montreal is we're, probably going to be losing. With rumors that real. apparently Timo Meyer might be on the move too, and it's like, who the heck is going to score goals on their team anymore? I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm, I guess the thing I'm most excited about, besides watching the team actually play and seeing the kids out there and then seeing what they're capable of. Like I said, like watching Yolone and play recently has been very, very fun for me because this is a guy I've been watching the NHL for some time. And I'm like, there is flashes there. I think this guy can really do it. And I think one of the biggest things that held him back when he was called up in the, in uh, last year and the year before, you can't put him on the fourth line. That's not the type of player he is. He's not a fourth line player. It's nice to pair him with guys that are a little bit more offensive minded because you can see some magic happening there. So you get you give him a chance. I mean, they called up Rafi Harvey Pinard for this game. Um, you know, they bought they brought back Rem Pitlick, who you know is torching the NHL, but can't quite make it an everyday in the NHL. So he's a real in betweener type player, um, but can easily be on your fourth line. Like I can see that happening. You know, and he's and he signed. Um, hey, Hoffman just scored two now. Oh my God, what is happening? No, um, no, thank you. <laughs> It's just, it's just. Listen, I just, I want to see the kids get a chance. I want to see what I want Hughes and Gordon to get a a chance to see what they got there, and then I want to see some pretty big moves. Like I want to see them, you know, starting to ship guys out of here, because because it has to happen. It's not one of those things like, oh, should they? no, no. This has to happen for this team, and other and, and other teams are going down too. It's just a matter of how are they going to make it work, and that's what I'm probably most excited about. At this point of the season, I'm most excited to wake up one day and see in Twitter what kind of craziness they're going to work out. Salary retained here and there. Pick from next in drafts in three years from that. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. But they're going to do something. It's going to be something really, really crazy. I'm sure of it. Mark my words. Time will tell. And we're not that far off or far away from the trade deadline. So, yeah, I think what is it? It's, uh, it's two two months about. We're two less. months away-ish, a little less. less. It's going to be here faster than you think, and it's going to be exciting to see. That's that's for sure. 
The NHL trade deadline is actually on March 3rd. March 3rd. All right, so there you go. Less than two months away. So it's very exciting stuff. Um, mostly, uh, mostly probably a lot more losses in the future for the Habs, which I guess, again, pro tank team, uh, you know, yay. Uh, you just hope they don't get embarrassed. I think that's really the key to it at this point. Let them lose, but, you know, don't lose 8-2. Don't, don't, don't get embarrassed. You know, we want to see five to four losses, maybe an overtime loss here and there. We want to see Caulfield hit 40 goals. We'd like to see Suzuki get, you know, 70 plus points. You know, th this this would be the kind of losing that I think most people would be very, very happy with. Um, and 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 then, yeah, bring me to the trade deadline and then bring me to the draft and bring me to free agency. And That's all like, we could look forward to, man. That's, that's what we're looking forward to. It's going to be fantastic. On that, that, that will conclude the first episode of 2023. Yes, we're delayed, of course. Again, apologies. But again, like we say every time too, we're hoping to get these out a little bit more frequently. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, keep an eye on the social media, of course. We always mention when there's a new episode out, so you can always pop in and check. If you're not subscribed, consider doing it. We'd really appreciate it. Get the little notifications when a new one comes up. You know the drill. Um, otherwise, um, if you got anything that you want to add, anybody, please go to the comment section. We always like to interact with anybody who's willing to take the time to write something, who you think would be a great addition to the team in the offseason. If you can see Hughes and Gorton swinging for the fences, that'd be fun. A David Pasternak type, he's not coming. He's and I just want to say, and for those people who just because there's one, we make a take or we say something on the episode that you may not like, doesn't mean the whole episode is bad. You don't have to dislike the episode. <laughs> you know what? You're allowed to do whatever you like. We like any interaction. You think our takes are complete trash? Write it. No issues. If you guys think something, you want to say it, write it. And, and if it's really something that's cool, we're more than happy to talk about it on the next episode. We've seen a couple things that were brought up that, that tweaked the questions that we were ultimately going to talk about. So please do so. We love the interaction. Um, and that's what we got for today. So for Vito and myself, Dave not here. This was Get Puck.